0: Deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas outdoor nation. I am your humble host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, the Outdoor Success Guy, back with another podcast for you having a lot of fun almost a video just now because i've been doing a lot of videos on my youtube channel um having a lot of fun with this man happy new year to all of you guys this one's releasing right after the new year so if you're listening to it later then happy new year belated new year i guess i should say but wanted to also wish everybody a happy belated merry christmas uh before that I've not had a new show out in the last about three weeks. I'm about a week behind right now, but it's because we took a little bit of a break in the Texas Outdoor Nation world uh, for Christmas and New Year's and just kind of um, relaxing there a little bit with family, spending some time in the outdoors and that kind of stuff. So I hope you will forgive me that I've been out of whack for the last three weeks, and we normally do these shows every two weeks. So I just took a week-long break. I hope that's okay with all of you listeners out there. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate you guys watching, reading, and listening to all of our stuff here at fishing game. Uh, this show is a Texas-based show but we are all over the world and all over the nation with content and um, we we kind of you know first of all name the website Texas fishing game fishgame.com the national news of texas but the more of it is just the the outdoor nation i mean the news of the outdoor nation is what we're calling it now and um you know it's it's so much texas has such a diversified you know platform in it but i mean there's just so much outside of texas that's happening and going on and we try to give kind of some national coverage and some local coverage and things that people are going to find interesting about wildlife and that kind of stuff um Chester Moore does a great job curating a lot of our website content and that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's just been a fantastic part of my life to work with that, um, that man and, and, uh, all the other writers here at Texas Fishing Games. So thank you guys again so much for watching, reading, listening, reading the magazine, uh, whatever the case may be, whatever you do, I really appreciate you all. And I want to thank especially the guys from the Confluence Writers Event who put on the, uh, event that we had, Brad Downey and Dennis Bro, uh, especially from Frontier Sales and Marketing—they put on an event for us in November of 2018, uh, a couple of months ago now, and um, right before Thanksgiving week—and and really, really did a good job of showcasing a bunch of their um, companies that their, their manufacturer reps. So they, they basically bring a lot of companies together to us riders that we can write about and uh content that we can cover and that kind of stuff and just did a fantastic job so i want to give a big shout out to them i know they're listening so um and in this podcast this is going to be two kind of another fishing mashup like our podcast before last was uh it's going to be ryan jones talking about kayaks paddle sports sups um you know, all the things that we do in the, in the water, personal watercraft family. And then I've got Dave Brown from Okuma to talk a little bit about fishing, a little short segment that him and I did just to kind of fill out this episode. And you got about an hour of content here. And I think you're going to find this interesting. I think you're going to find this fun field and, um, you know, educational and all the things that I try to do with this podcast, man, I don't do this show for me guys. I do this show for you. And I want you guys to know that, I mean, I, I really walk around thinking about this stuff all the time. What I'm going to do next on the podcast, Chester and I have already planned out an editorial calendar for this year for 2019. And, um, you know, I just, the more I do this, I'd love to hear back from you guys. I love all of you guys for finding me on Facebook. W-A-R-N-C-K-E, Dustin, my first name, um, just just finding me on Facebook and telling me you like the show and you listen, man. That means the world to me. That is my oxygen. Your comments and your feedback is my oxygen on this show, so really appreciate you guys. Before we get started with all this fun stuff today, I want to mention the sponsor of this particular podcast, which is AccuSharp. AccuSharp had sponsored November and December, but since I didn't have a third show in December, I'm um, doing them for the first podcast of January because um, it's their turn. So one more, and then we, we resume back with them in uh, March and April, and we'll do some more podcast uh, sponsorship spots with them. But uh, when was the last time you sharpened your knives, man? Sharpening your blade with an AccuSharp is actually very easy. The AccuSharp is a double-beveled knife sharpener pre-angled to your blade. All you need to do is run your AccuSharp through your blade to get the it back to sharp that's it these can be found at academy sports and outdoors stores or your local hardware store in most cases or check them out at accusharp.com to find a list of stores in your area that carries accusharp or you can purchase one online at many fine online retailers check out accusharp man I tell this story a lot on this podcast, and if this is your first time hearing it, that's great, if it's not, that's fine, but still have the original AccuSharp uh, blue and white knife sharpener my dad gave me for Christmas many years ago, and it still works, man, it's still, it's a little beat up, it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit scratched and stuff, because I've used it so much, but man, the thing is just tough as nails, and it's just, it lasts for a while, and um, it lasts for years, and it also uh, keeps keeps your edge in the field, man, keeps your, um, keeps your stuff going on, going Strong and uh and performing well for you in the outdoors. I've gotta say, man, one of the things that I uh and I know this is a fishing show, please forgive me. When I'm skinning hogs, man, there's nothing that will dull a knife quicker than skinning a hog uh or getting through the bones of a big redfish or anything like that. Um AccuSharp helps you keep your edge, helps you um helps you, you know, keep the performance of your knife up to speed. And I was just recently uh skinning a deer at um, uh, when I was recording some, some segments and just running that AccuSharp through that sharpener, through the knife real quick, uh, just putting that edge, kind of finishing that edge on it again real quick, uh, really made all the difference in, in that skinning job. So, um, really for, for kind of, you know, keeping your edge in the field and doing what you do best out there, uh, check out AccuSharp knife sharpeners, that's AccuSharp.com. AccuSharp.com for Sharp knife sharpeners. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show. And here's our first interview with Mr. Ryan Jones from Frontier Sales and Marketing, talking about paddle sports, kayaks, personal watercraft, all kinds of stuff like that. Here we go. So, joining me on the podcast, I have Ryan, and tell us your full name, Ryan. Ryan Jones. Ryan Jones. Well, that's easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple. <laughs> he, easy to spell. Spelled the regular way Ryan is spelled, right? Yes, it R-Y-A-N. is. R-Y-A-N. yeah. Okay, just wondering, so... Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. You're with Frontier Sales and Marketing who put on this event that we're at. Um, and basically, you're their kayak guy, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, I am the kayak guru, kayaks, paddleboards, boards, uh, fishing. I've spent uh, quite a few years on the retail side of the paddle sports business, um, which I landed just from personal desire and passion, sure. being out and enjoying the sport. Uh, Back before they had the product that made it as enjoyable as it is today Mm -hmm. and I've just fallen in love with it. Um, I I grew up in the middle of Oklahoma City and my mom always tells people I spent more time living in our backyard than I ever did the (laughs) house. So it was just kind of natural for me to kind of fall in this place just to have a love and a passion for the outdoors and the peace and the tranquility it brings. So being able to do it and coming from a you know, a blue-collar family didn't have a lot of income. Uh, spent most of my time shore fishing growing up as a kid, right. and uh, got put into Boy Scouts, and that's kind of actually what got me started. We, I grew up in uh, canoes all the time fishing, mm-hmm. and then turned into kayaks, and now it's kayaks and paddleboards. Yeah. So uh, basically, been doing this most of my life. Oh, that's cool. How old a man are you? I'm 36. Oh, cool. We're not that far away
0: then. I'm 39. So nice. yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Um, you know, the one of the things I talked about before we started recording was that kayaks, paddleboards, sups, whatever you want to call them, personal watercraft like this, and then even the micro skiffs are basically making the outdoors more affordable and making the water more accessible to people. And the other benefit that I see is that you're able to get back in tighter areas that you can't get with a big boat.
1: Correct. Um, it definitely takes us to a new place. A lot of times people think of uh, fishing, um, you think of a bass boat. You know, and when I was younger, they are a lot more affordable. Nowadays, these boats and the, the motors alone cost more than a than a pickup truck. Yeah,
0: or a car, or anything. And yeah, so, exactly.
1: being able to get through and uh, have an efficient kayak that is appealing to the fishermen—that there's a market. I mean, you can get a kayak anywhere from two hundred dollars to six, seven thousand, and there's there's models all the way through that range so no matter what your budget is you're able to get out there on the water in some capacity and get further than your shore fishermen or your tube fishermen um and nowadays with all the accessories and options and even the motors they have on them now you have a craft that goes everywhere a boat can go and everywhere a boat can't go right so uh, it really opens the doors um Especially since Google Earth came came out, Um, you're able to pull your phone out and see these bodies water you never knew were there, (laughs) and go and explore them. And a a kayak, in my opinion, is one of the most efficient, effective, and uh, affordable ways to do that. It's funny,
0: one of the places I I shore fish a lot is Divine Lake Park, which is a little bitty hole-in-the-wall park that has a small lake on it in Leander, where I live. And... The funny thing about it is it's such a windy lake, you know, it's flat and so there's a lot of wind that just goes through there or whatever. I see the kayakers get on there and they're all gung ho, whatever, that wind just beats them up and they're like, oh screw this, and they get off of the water. But there are things in the in the industry now that you've shown us this weekend or this this whole week that you know can help you know fight the wind fight the drag fight you know all the elements and stuff such as like the micro or i I guess i call it the micro skiff. am i saying that right like the rover like the 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 boat rover yeah okay
1: it's kind of a new brand new category that isn't completely defined yet um and and it's a completely new place that a lot of this paddle crafter kind of go to, for states that have larger bodies of water. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from spending the last three years in Florida, I would have thought nothing about a little micro one-person skiff before then. But you get down there, um, if you're somebody that just loves spending all the time on the water, every time you get out, you're like, man, I wish I could have covered that much more sure. ground. Sure. Sure. And uh, just allows you to have more accessories. Um, the ability to cover more ground, and these little guys are able to put a little little outboard motor on there, you can put a little trolling motor on there. Right. You know, the the ability to take a trolling motor and now put a lithium battery on it. Which will last a lot longer, right? Lasts longer, the biggest thing's the weight. So going from a, a deep cycle battery that weighs 50, 60, 70, mm-hmm. 80 pounds, you're going to a battery that has the same capacity, but weighs a quarter the weight. I have to say, yeah, I've seen I them at the, the
0: iCash. Is, you, yeah. I mean,
1: you pay the price for them, but right. they're, they're a lot easier to maintenance, and the weight, you know, it, you know, you can have that weight in a lot of these kayaks sure. because they have four, five, 600-pound capacities, yeah. but then it throws your balance off, and, you know, you're not set right in the kayak, and your bow is either super heavy or the back end's really heavy, and, you know, sure. you kind of a balancing game. So... But with these little skiffs, the paddleboards, the kayaks, um, you've got trolling motor co- or you've got trolling motor companies like Minn Kota that people put on there and they rig themselves. Uh, there's some guys in Texas that build mounts for kayaks specifically oh, cool. for working with Minn Kota. Um, then you have larger companies uh, such as Torquedo, it's a German company. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're they really the first to come out with a kayak, small paddle craft motor. They've been around for quite a few years. Yeah, uh, you I'll pay probably. quite a pretty penny for them, but they're extremely efficient. They've been around for a long time, they've got the technology. Um, and as of a little over a year ago now, you've got a company out of California called Bixby. Mm-hmm. and they have a little little bitty super lightweight jet propulsion, and they've got a motor you can actually take and change the mounts to go on a paddleboard, to go on a kayak, or to uh, use handheld and actually go diving or swimming or hold something like that. Hold on. When you're saying jet engine, you're talking about it's going to shoot a rooster tail? Kind it's of little bitty catch? jet propulsion. This thing weighs less than 10 pounds. Um, It's just got a little cone right there. The blade on it, literally the circumference is- Real small. I mean, just a few inches and it will propel a kayak and get you going, you know, you're not going fast but you're doing two, three, four, up to five miles an hour which in a small paddle craft it's faster than paddling but will it leave a rooster tail behind you oh darn i'm just you just say jet
0: propulsion, <laughs> and i'm just like let's do this baby <laughs> because I, and the reason i bring that up i bow fish a lot I, I i bow fish as much as i can um my bow fishing guy marty mcintyre i bring him up for a couple of reasons he's great garquest.com's his website he um he owned a jet boat like a like a, a standard i think it was a 24 footer you know uh you know Conventional boat and it had a bow fishing deck and everything on it. The thing had a jet engine on it, like, you know, a jet propulsion on it, yep. an impeller and all that stuff. And so he literally spit a rooster tail out the back of the boat. And I was just thinking, man, that would be really cool on a kayak. But um, the other thing is that he is really big about rivers and lakes and kayaks and canoes. And he had, you know, one of the com- kayak companies out there, New Canoe, NU Canoe. Um, they basically, he would rig a trolling motor on the back of one of those and, and, you know, trolling motor on all kinds of different crafts that he could get, uh, you know, just to hit the rivers and the lakes to go bow fishing. Yep. And he liked to stand and shoot, which is common. Um, so, I mean, and I want to mention one of our listeners, Orlando, I know he listens a lot. Big shout out to you. Um. He, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the people that inspires me to keep on going with kayaking because it makes, it's better for guys, you know, it, it's better for everybody because it's accessibility to everybody, which I've always been about on this podcast. But, I mean, that all being said, it's about approaching the water in a new way. And as you
1: said perfectly last night during your presentation, an intimate way to approach fishing. It really is, you know. Uh, the few times I've spent my life being on a boat, the the only way I know how to describe it is, like I said last night, it's the the conqueror versus the conquered. Yes, that's a good. Way to um, say. Even when you're fishing offshore for pelagics and stuff, you know, you get a big fish on, uh, the boat goes in reverse and starts chasing it yeah, down. Yeah. And in a in a kayak, it it really evens the playing ground out. Sure. There's, there's a different perspective and a different thought process, how you fight, um, keeping your rod bent, all those things. There's so many different factors in there you really have to encounter and, and figure out that it just really makes it very dynamic way. And it's a great experience, and you're out there, there's there are so many things i see being in a kayak looking around whether it's sea turtles out in the middle of the ocean i've had sailfish jump 10 foot away from oh my goodness Um, one of the most amazing experiences i saw i'm out in a kayak 300 foot deep offshore off of dania beach in florida and i look over and there is a single shrimp and he's he being chased by a blackfin tuna. <laughs> and literally run, Forrest, For run, like run. 20 minutes, I watched this epic battle out yes. in the middle of nowhere in my kayak. And the shrimp won. The shrimp won. The shrimp won. The little guy wins. I love it, man. <laughs> Oh my God! But you know, you go through like we we're talking about hunting. I, you know, I take yep. my crossbow out on my paddleboard, and I've done bow fishing, and you know, using paddlecraft to get out to hunt and to fish, especially when you're out on public land and yep. stuff like yep. that, comes in really handy because you're you have access to get places most of your other hunters are going to be. For one, it's safer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these animals know those places very well. We just don't know that. But then also, the paddle craft just doesn't scare them. Um, I had a time um, right dab in the middle of Oklahoma City. We had the Canadian River. And I uh, was just out there for a nice paddle one day. Had a big, long 14-foot kayak. My dog's behind me. We're paddling, I see a doe on the shore. And I'm like, start paddling over. My dog sees the doe. Um, she's not one to chase it. She just sat there and watched it. We paddled right up. I banged that kayak sat there for five minutes talking to the doe she never got up wow well that's a story now. yeah and then I'm, cool. you know i was able to back up and just keep on she never moved it just yeah. like it they it just doesn't scare them away i mean eagles i've gotten right under some beautiful bald eagles and osprey and uh you know and then talking about fish i mean you can sneak up on some fish i had one time i fish this little pond and it had just flooded and uh, a lot of the water was up in the grass, and I saw these two good-sized catfish, 15, 20 pounds a piece together, and I have a, one of my um, units I use is a catamaran-style paddleboard, mm-hmm. and I actually got both the pontoons of the catamaran on top of the fish before they knew i was there and then i had these two fish they don't know how to go backwards they can't go forwards and they're just rocking hitting the bottom of my kayak (laughs) and i just got a huge laugh out of it it was fun you know so the the perspective and you know you you kind of feel like you're a lot more equal and and one-on-one with nature in general um which i just have a great appreciation for yeah, and not to get
0: too deep, but I mean, that's kind of the the whole primal nature of why a lot of times we hunt and fish. It's just to get out there and enjoy God's creation and enjoy that communion with nature. And I think a kayak allows you to do that a lot more intimately than, than, than a lot of other things. The thing, like I started out with kayaks, let's see, 15 years ago. And I, I'd rent some from Town Lake, which is down in Austin where I used to live and um my back would hurt so bad you know or my knees would hurt so bad getting in and out of it and the innovations that have happened especially with the bona fide kayaks that you, you represented here um have just
1: changed all that absolutely uh seat comfort like i was talking to you guys last night you know for me going out on a kayak trip what makes or breaks a trip for me are seat comfort and paddle mm-hmm. you know your paddle is your motor Right. Um, you want a high performance motor to be more efficient the whole time you're out there. Yes. But even more so to when it comes to introducing the sport to a, a larger audience and also your veterans, um, your retired groups, yes. you know, we have a very large population over the age of fifty-five. And a lot of them have knee issues, a mm-hmm. lot of them have back, back issues, issues. Sure. you know, slip disc, all kinds of yeah. stuff. But they still want to get out on the water. And, you know, you take a bass boat or something out, that jars you. I mean, you really get out there going and you hit some choppy water. That's a good point. I never really thought of it like that, but you're right. You hit some choppy water and it is a rough ride. Yeah, and you just, you know, it's not really comfortable. I've had a few bass boat trips I come back from and I'm sore from it, you know. And when I first got into kayaks, you know, the kayaks I used, I was not comfortable in whatsoever. I actually had a... One of my first ones I started using was a two-person sit-inside kayak. It was uh, by Dagger called the Bayou 2. Mm-hmm. I hated the seats so much The Igloo um, coolers had just came out with a cube. And I could get that, that perfectly squared little cooler mm-hmm. inside the cockpit of oh, okay. my kayak. Yeah. So that became my seat. So you have something to sit on. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. I was able to sit up high... Um, I was able to keep my back stretched out. I wasn't tucked down into the kayak. My legs weren't crunched up. I was able to keep my knees bent and I just really enjoyed it a lot more. Um, Shortly after that, the kayaks for fishing started to evolve and they created kind of the lawn chair style seat for the kayaks and that's really turned, I mean that's really what's turned a lot of the sport on to such a larger population now, because most people think of kayaks, um, they think of sit-insides, they think of like whitewater kayaks and these little bitty seats and in these little bitty kayaks, and when you get out there and you find out you're in a 11, 12, 13, 14 foot kayak, you have this really nice, comfortable chair that yes. has the option for a low and a high seat because yes. it's so stable. You're able to keep your knees bent the whole time. Mm-hmm. You have really good solid lumbar support, full adjustability with the seat. It gives you a lot more options. And when I first started kayak fishing, a lot of times I go out, my trips lasted 30 minutes to two hours. Now when I go out, my trap my a lot most of my trips when I go out dedicated, I'm out on the water for eight to twelve hours a day Mm. in a kayak or on my paddleboard. That's Um, amazing. So comfort is really what allows me to do that and enjoy it. You know, I enjoyed it from the perspective of I'm just a water rat, you know, I have gills, I always tell people I have gills right behind (laughs) my ears. You know, I get really grumpy and cranky if I don't get those wet on a regular basis. But being able to get out and, you know, I would trudge through these older seats and after two, three hours, I'd be uncomfortable for the next four hours, but right. I would just push through it because I wanted to be out there on the sure. water. But now it's not that case. You do have a very comfortable seat that allows people, um, you know, and me coming from, I've been in the retail side of paddle sports for the last six years and I we have anglers that are in their 80s and, mm. you know. Um, they're out there still kayaking and, and fishing and doing what they love and and it's great because they have so much wealth and knowledge and you get them out there on the water and just soak it in and listen to them and stuff and you know you kind of bring back their youth at the same time by being able to get out there and utilize a kayak to do that
0: well and i said this on the previous recording that we did here at this show is that the the or this event the the thing that is is amazing to me is the fact that there's constantly all kinds of innovations that are happening to the business, that are happening to the industry that are happening to the products like yak attack here which you talked about yesterday they thought of like everything man they have 3d print prototypes and they come up with them at the, the produce it and then you know they they sell at a reasonable price bonafide kayaks you know which you can talk about that for a minute but basically they made a kayak that's very stable I saw you fishing in it yesterday and it was choppy water it was less than ideal conditions it was overcast I mean you, you know you had a couple of mishaps on the water but you were grinding it out man you were showing it in real Life, you know, this is it in action.
1: You know, absolutely. the The products um, they've they've gotten crazy the last few years. It's so much fun. I've actually branded myself over the last year or so as the kayak doctor I do. <laughs> I love um, it. That's great. I, you know, I you do... You didn't tell us that earlier. <laughs> the kayak doctor.
0: I'll start calling you that. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Dr. Ryan, Dr. 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 Jones. Dr. Dr. Kayak Jones. Doctor. Dr. Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, I do... Uh, you know, I kind of got that from starting doing repairs and stuff on kayaks, but I do a lot of high-end customization. Mm-hmm. And the ability to add, you know, used to... You had a kayak, you spend a couple hundred dollars, you got a paddle, you got a life jacket, you go out there. Now, as the sport's getting a lot more competitive, now you've got electronics. Any fish finder you can put on a boat, you can now put on a kayak. Um, Thanks to the lithium batteries, we have small power sources that can power a lot of equipment all at once. Right. Um, You know, in the larger companies such as PowerPole, they've recognized this, and so they created the Micro Anchor Mm -hmm. multiple years ago.
0: Did you tr- use this trip? Yeah,
1: I I had to. I mean, I mean, without some kind of pole or something, when I was out there, um, that would have made it a lot harder because as soon as you find a hole, you know, we found a really hot spot yesterday in that hole, and without the products and the accessories like that, um you know a lot of times i use uh, yak attack makes a stakeout pole which i've used for years before uh power pole came out with anything what and what is their pole called the empower Pulse pole uh, the point. power pole is called the micro anchor the micro anchor okay that's cool so electronic but No, the pole itself the the pole uh, they just call it a stakeout pole a stakeout pole okay that's right that's yeah. right
0: i want to plug power pole because they're one of our sponsors of the magazine got to take care of them so
1: <laughs> yeah they have a... Uh, yeah they they call push pull stakeout poles okay cool um and they've really come in making sure they listen to the kayak anglers and creating they just actually uh improve their their pull this year for anglers at iCast and so um they keep getting better making our lives a lot easier and getting out there because you know when it comes to that type of stuff like yesterday we had current pushing me i had the wind definitely pushing mm-hmm. me um you find a hole and as soon as you get settled in there and go to fish you're out of that hole right So having products like that to be able to get you in there, electronics to find, you know, sometimes those holes are there. Or now that you know it's there, you can mark it on your GPS and come back to and fish. So even uh, fish finders are awesome. I've gone through multiple bodies of water. I grew up as a kid fishing, and I used to fish these little community tournaments. And I was always curious why the, the areas I fished were ideal for fishing for certain species, and um, throwing a kayak real quick on that with my fish finder, I could see a ledge, or I could see structure, or something like that, I'm like, okay, I knew there was always good fishing there, but I don't know why. Now that I'm older, I care about that stuff, and now I can actually go out there, and so that improves the quality of your fishing time out on the water being a lot more pro- productive productive yeah and covering of, more water yeah too. you're covering more water you're fishing more grounds and uh, you're not fishing blind right so you know and you have all these companies Bonafide, um and yak attack um, both of those companies are owned by the same individual extremely innovative um mm-hmm. in the field and uh he is constantly creating new products and then he takes a kayak and he makes the kayak very easy to equip with all the accessories yes. so you may have an angler that just wants to go out and paddle take his kid out and play around in a body of water he's known forever but then his buddy's like hey let's go on this trip well now you can go you got fish finder power pulls you got paddle holders rod holders i mean a lot of us I started out fishing with one to two fishing rods now, on average, if I'm bass fishing, I take six to eight rods. Good. On a kayak? On a kayak.
0: Wow. I didn't yeah. even think that was possible. I was thinking you were, you know, three max, two in your rocket launchers in the back, if that's even the right word to call it in yep. kayak world. Yeah, that's one of the names. Okay, cool, <laughs> rocket launchers. And then maybe one, one, one you know, on, on your rod holder
1: in the actual kayak. Where do you put six rods, man? Um, They've got rod holders. I, I use a product called the Black Pack by Yak Attack. Uh-huh. Um, it's a little bit larger than Milk Crate and they make it where you can put individual rod holders and they already have the holes pre-drilled and you can, I think the, the case has room for like nine rod holders That's if you want. That's so, fascinating. Nine rod holders? Yeah. And then we use them when you're out there fishing tournaments and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it counts. You know, yeah. um, I spend my time the night before now rigging all my rods for what I'm expecting, the conditions, whether it's fall or spring. Sure, just like you're like rigging a, a big
0: bass boat or anything yeah. else. Yeah. Um,
1: because otherwise in the kayak, when I had one or two rods, if I had a bad fishing day and I couldn't figure out what they are biting, um, you look down by my foot in the base of the kayak and there's 12, 15 different baits there. <laughs> and when you add the amount of time you spend rigging that while you're on the water that's time you could have been fishing You know, and it just it keeps getting crazier and crazier with that stuff. And the companies are accommodating it. You know, they're coming out with these products to allow you to do it and to do it with ease and with comfort. And they're very innovative with anchor trolleys to be able to drop and position your kayak exactly to the shore structure, mm-hmm. whatever you want, um, against the wind, the power poles. Um, coolers, uh, cooler companies are, are out there. They're making fish bags for kayaks now. That's what I was going to
0: ask you next, and I wanted to get an inflatable uh, paddleboards too, but I wanted to ask you how you keep fish when you're fishing a tournament when it counts the most. How do you keep them
1: alive, or how do you keep them, you know... For your freshwater tournaments right. and bass fishing, I mean. we use a completely different system than your traditional bass tournaments. We use a measuring system. Okay, okay, cool. So, we are... So, it's catch and release, in other it's, words. It's right catch under. and... Yeah, we call it CPR, catch, photo, release. Okay, cool. Um, that is the standard in, in the fishing This to is
0: I had role. no idea, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we... What's really nice with those, like I said, anytime you think of, like, kayakers, paddleboarders, fishing... Um, we're very environmentally friendly. Sure. Um, We're very green, pick up trash around you, care about that stuff. We don't leave a mark where we've been at. And that goes along with our fishing populations as well. To be able to grab uh, a fish, put it on a board, take a picture there's some great apps that a lot of these tournaments use tourney x is one of the main ones nationally that is used and you go on you open up this app you take a picture it registers and then you're able to go through and immediately release that fish within less than a minute or so mm-hmm. and it's back it's in the same location it came from and it has a lot higher chance of being able to thrive and live right. Right. So your saltwater um is different. They use fish bags. Now I come from uh Florida and we have the Extreme Kayak Fishing Tournament series there. Um I started by fishing a selfish tournament there and that's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Um you catch it, you get upside of the boat, help boat comes in, verifies the catch, then you immediately release it. So they're very safe, very protected. Wow. Um and then you have your meat tournaments during the summertime and that's when things kind of get pretty crazy well i was gonna ask you how that works i mean we have um we have some companies out there that are making fish bags that are shaped to be able to put up on the bow or the stern of the kayak on the front of the back to kind of balance it out but you're pulling in 30 40 pound kingfish uh there's over a 70 pound wahoo caught last year at the tournament on a kayak on a kayak Um, you've got tuna um grouper all kinds of stuff out there and we're bringing it all in there you know they fit it inside the kayak on top of the kayak so then you have to have an efficient stable kayak to be able to get all of that weight in fight the surf the yeah. wind all that kind of stuff it's it's very challenging um <laughs> that sounds amazing though. oh it's <laughs> it, it's it's epic you yeah, know sir. it really it brings uh, it brings people from around the world who have a different perspective than going out on a 40, 60 foot sport fisher, mm-hmm. you know, and going out and catching it and you have all the room in the world. You really have to think a lot of things through, like we changed the type of gabs we use, um, different things like that, nets. You no, know, uh, we've adapted a lot of the accessories in the fishing world to accommodate Kayaks. Uh, Yak Attack, with speaking of fishing nets, they make this leverage landing net that actually, since you're in a kayak, you may have a rod in this one hand. You can't stand up, get down on your knees, and get yourself positioned. So they actually have an extension that goes underneath your forearm as a brace so you can get that leverage, get it up, and get it into the boat. That's a good idea. I went and fished a bass boat tournament in Missouri uh, a little over a month ago at Lake of the Ozarks and I decided to take it with me and I'm like, man, the bass boat guides could actually utilize this sure. if they're out there they don't have a, you know, a, a partner with them right. and they're out there by themselves. I mean, something product like that, like we're so innovative in our sport to make things easier and better yes. for the consumer that uh, you know, it's almost getting s- Uh, better products than even like you know the general boat population has Wow, I was just kind of thinking if you're going deer hunting with a crossbow, you gotta you gotta you know get your crossbow and then do
0: you just haul the deer on top of your kayak when you're done, like you'd strap it to a hood in Michigan? Absolutely, something? that makes <laughs> I love that, that makes great pictures. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, everybody
0: you know, you're all you know paddling by and everybody's like, what the heck is that guy doing, man? He just harvested a deer and it's you know heads in the water and it's just laying over the top of his kayak. I don't know. I just the this now this is really. I wrote an article back in March of 2017 called Kayaks for Kids and it was all about getting kids starting in kayaking and having not myself owned my own kayak I did a lot of research for the article I interviewed a lot of people I got some pictures from Hobie and, and some other folks and and uh, used it and basically it is an exercise of minimalism in a way right the essentials but also making the essentials work for your particular thing, and that's what Yak does so well. But the other thing is that it is an exercise in in compact, but also like with the Bonafide like kayak, you have a dry storage box, you know, in the middle. It, it, you could even do a, a electronics on and put a battery in, or you know, whatever, and do your do your transducer or anything like that. I, I just the
1: innovations just amaze me. I mean, that's the thing that's blown me away. They they keep growing. I mean, as fishermen are getting out there, the sports getting more competitive. Um, more consumers are out there that have the product. You have these people coming up, and with the you know with the use of uh, the web and and social media, people are voicing their opinions on there. Right. And some of these companies are so in tune with their customers and their dealers, um, they listen to them and they make these innovations and they make these changes. So. Your your fishing kayaks now, um, you know, Bonafide is a great example that it is being designed by anglers, not not kayakers. That are making a, a kayak that c- could be used for fishing, like but they used to be. Fishermen that are using a kayak for fishing. Absolutely. So I they're see. thinking yeah. everything You're thinking through. That way, You're right. thinking I have to take all this gear. Um, I need somewhere to be able to put a cooler right. with my food while I'm out there. I need somewhere safe for my electronics. I need somewhere safe to keep my phone while I'm on the road traveling. I need somewhere for my rod storage right. and stuff. So it's you dog, have right. you know you have these companies are able. You can open the hatch from the opposite direction and put an entire rod and reel set inside there so it's safe and secure when you're driving down the road what your normal person walking by it's not going to have a clue there may be a couple thousand dollars worth of gear right. inside exactly. your kayak exactly. so they they allow you to make those changes you know when i first started when they first started making kayaks for fishing they were making a recreational kayak and like oh you can put a rod holder on here now it is a fishing kayak But now they're built from scratch by the angler for the angler with um, some amazing people that have been in the industry for a very long time to accommodate being able to get uh, like the bonafide has uh, the catamaran style hole on it. So you have something that is super, super stable but is also very efficient in paddling and covering distance so you're not wearing yourself out the whole time while you're out there. And then it has all the creature comforts, places to put your paddle. Right. You know, Even the rubber slip on the front that you can lay your rod on and keep your tips from sliding off yep. or something like that. But then once you have a fish on, you can grab your paddle blade and throw it in there real quick so it's hands-free. So little things like that over the years have really what's allowed a lot of people to be more comfortable in using kayaks and going out and fishing. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, the
0: other thing I wanted to talk about before we end the show is, is you're really big, and you actually demonstrated this in person, which I was really you know honored that you take the time in this awful weather that we had this week <laughs> to take a, a, a... One of the things we talked about at the ICAST podcast that Chester and I did together was inflatable paddle boards. And uh, inflatable SUPs, I guess, is another way. Is it is it called SUPs in the fishing world?
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times you, especially if you're in people that are familiar with the, with the right, term. with that term. You know, right. it's like if you're in the medical field, you don't go around saying, you know, CPDs and all these kind right, of terms. Right, right, right. But once terms. you're in the in people that are in the know, yeah, you just, instead of saying stand up paddleboard all the time, just it's a SUP. for short. Okay, So, okay, yeah. for sure. Um, the inflatables have come a long way just in the last three or four years. The uh, amount of uh, pressure they can hold, you can literally, those the paddle boards we went out with this weekend, we could put them across a pickup bed and I'd stand up on top of it and it's not going to flex or bend or anything like that. When That's you see just them, amazing. I got on one, to, you know, not not in the
0: water, but I got on one and I'm like, this thing is as solid as a rock. It does are. not feel inflatable. When I initially thought about it, I thought about the raft I had when I was 12 years old <laughs> that was just this piece of crap Chinese, you know... Uh, it rolled know, with, waves. Roll with the waves and everything. It had no direction, no no. Uh, what are you tracking, as you like to say, uh, and that kind of stuff to it. And, and There's there's no gliding through the water. It was just it was just awkward, and it was cheap plastic. And it was you got a hole and a hook
1: in there. And it, it, these things are built like a Sherman tank, man. They are. They're very efficient. Um, One of the biggest things in the paddleboard industry that has allowed them to really change is a down-stitching technique. Um, So they actually have a fabric inside from the top to the bottom now that are threads by the thousands just running up and down. to make There's, it even more sturdy. It, it the makes movement. it more sturdy. What it really does is allow you to hold significantly more pressure right. in the same material. You know, used to, you put too much pressure in a board, it would bubble up. Now, because of the down stitching on there, um, this allows you to put, you know, the paddle boards that were holding 10 PSI a um, few years ago are now holding 15 to 18 PSI. Yes. And these are rigid. You can put larger anglers on them. You can put multiple people on an inflatable paddleboard. Um, you can put your gear. Um, and then Boat's done a great job with the, the Rackham inflatable that I use this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a rail all the way down the side. Yep. Um, Saw that. I had the redfish I caught. He tried jumping off while I was trying to take a picture of him. He hit that rail multiple times <laughs> and never went over. That's good. So, I got to use that. Um, They've got multiple tie-downs to be able to put coolers on there, so you can use a seat. Most people think when you're on a paddleboard that you're really limited. You stand up, but you actually have a lot of versatility. You can stand up, you can sit down, you can kneel, you can lay down. During the summertime when it's really hot, I love to lazy fish on my paddleboard. I will literally sit down, put my legs into the water, sit on the side of the paddleboard, yep, and, and just sit there and fish, and it's just really comfortable. That is really cool, and, and it kind of the outdoor lifestyle thing that I talk about on the show all the
0: time is just kind of chilling out. With yeah, you
1: just yeah. out there hanging out, you know, not being competitive or anything, so you're just out there having just a good time and, and enjoying it, making a great experience for yourself, and the, the board companies, just like the kayaks, are being very accommodating to the angle. Um, they have really cool aesthetics now that brand new camo on that Rackham is sexy Absolutely. It is. Absolutely, It's like a digital digitized kind of camo. It's yep. kind of you got that really cool. yeah. It looks and then really cool. you've got uh, rod holder mounts on there. You've got multiple options. I had the power pull micro anchor on it. Uh-huh. That, that, that mount comes stock on there. Oh, wow. Um, so I literally, all back, I had yeah. to do is get a couple of stainless steel quarter 20 screws. And now I have an electronic anchoring system out there. Huh. And so they're easy to, to paddle. And the nice thing is, is a lot of people don't have a place to store these. Right. Um, Especially when you're in a lot of uh, more heavily populated areas. When I was in Florida, you know, people, everybody has issues with condos and stuff like that. They have nowhere to store these. They don't have trailers to put this stuff on. Or garages to put the trailers in or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, And so being able to have an inflatable, this thing literally fits into a large backpack. (laughs) <laughs> um, so you can walk around with it. Um, for, uh, adventures crazy. like me, you throw in your trunk, the back seat of your pickup truck, you have it with you. All the all time. The time yeah. You know, I, I drive by so many new bodies of water. I'm like, I wonder if there's any fish in there. I mm-hmm. wonder, that'd be great. And now so you have this inflatable padboard, You already have it with you. Right. You inflate it with an electric pump real fast off your cigarette lighter in the truck. And you go and you jump on the water and you get you go paddle for 30 minutes. <laughs> I, I love minutes. it. That's great. You know, so it, I love it, it just really allows you to be outdoors more and have more opportunities to really... Get out there and and enjoy you know God's creation and everything that that we have out there to to explore. With ease, you know they're they're affordable products. They're lightweight products. They're not super heavy. They're not super bulky. You know, last time I went to an outdoor retailer, we uh, picked up a couple of inflatable paddleboards. Um, from when the manufacturers drove up to the Green River with our fly rods and we were paddling down Class 3 rapids fly fishing off inflatable paddleboards, and then we're driving back to the airport and we find a mountain range and that has little bitty streams in it and we yeah. go up there go do some uh, brook trout fishing and then we check in our paddleboard at the airport as a normal check-in bag and go home mm-hmm you can't do that with a full-size no, kayak or a padboard or anything Ten-footer like that. Ten-footer or twelve-footer is not going to fit in your backpack, you know? yeah. For so <laughs> you know, but
0: just, just it just, and I'm really thinking about investing in one of those the inflatable because I don't have a lot of room in my house. There are places to store kayaks and that kind of stuff, and it's just one of those things where I'm like. You know, that, and, and also, like, like, Boat, B-O-T-E, the, the company that, that makes, you know, some of the better inflatable, ca- I mean, they're all good, but I mean, you know, the, the they're the ones that y'all featured here. They also have the Rover, which is the big, you know, um, engine power, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, the, um, the, the outboard-powered um, uh, paddleboard. Yep. And the cool thing, I saw a video, I think it was Palm Beach Pete or one of these guys, he was basically... Um, on YouTube, there were two guys on the paddleboard just to do a test drive of it. Mm-hmm. There were two guys on the paddleboard holding on to the little, to the little you know stand up thing, and uh, you know one was driving and one was riding on the front of it. And I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" I mean, it was just like, "Wow!" It probably wasn't the safest thing to do, but that's how they were. But it's just crazy. I mean, uh, yeah. it's, just, it's amazing. And there's a nice wood grain floor. There's a nice, you know, there's there's rails. There's, I mean, it's just everything you could ever want out of a flat board. Yeah, you know, aesthetically appealing. Oh, very aesthetically. Just
1: over a hundred pounds has a five hundred pound capacity. Um, Palm Beach Pete's actually a really good friend of mine. Oh, we good! Go I didn't know. I
0: I got to ask you about Palm Beach Pete because I follow him on YouTube. So I just he I just ran into him looking at kayaks one day. Now I've got you as a wealth of knowledge on kayaks. I can ask,
1: but yeah, he's but Palm a, Beach Pete was my guy there for a while. Yeah, he's so. I I love Pete. He's a great guy and he loves growing the sport. And he has we have fun playing and testing out new product cool. again yeah, and I, stuff like that. that. Videos, so yeah, but yeah, the Rover's a a, a very interesting. Um, Machine and, and and craft that's come out, you know, it got a lot of attention whenever it first came out. It won Best to Show at ICAST ICAS, 2017. Saw that. Yep, I saw that one. And I being able to take a little craft and put a six horsepower outboard and get up on plane. Yeah, for sure, on and plane. Then yeah, you put one or two people out on there. I take my dog. I put the cooler on there yeah. and just buzz around. And you don't. It is heavy. It's bulky. But if you're dedicated and want to go do that stuff and you don't have room for a trailer or a lot of places don't allow trailers in the places we like to go, you can car top that thing put the motor in the back seat throw your accessories in the back and take it wherever you want so it, it keeps going with the kayak and paddle boards just being more effective in getting people out there on the water and being efficient and allowing more people to cover more ground right. and, and handle different aspects of the of the sport so being able to have the rod holders and the stakeout poles. That thing has mounts for two power pole micro anchors. Oh, two? Wow. Two of them. So, I mean, imagine going out on the water with your bass boat and there's guys in this little one person <laughs> vessel with a six horsepower outboard up on plane right. with two power poles.
0: <laughs> two power poles in the air. You know? <laughs> that,
1: you it. know, the the separation of, of kayaks yeah. and boats keeps getting closer yeah, and closer no, that's great. in some aspects, especially now, you know used to they started by making all these crafts just for kayakers that like to fish you know i was i was one of that that target audience but now they're becoming so innovative with those uh all this product and new crafts and everything like that they're they're targeting these boat guys yeah you know so it how just, about something you don't
0: need a whole team
1: to launch? You know, how about something you can just throw
0: in your pickup and throw on top of your rear rack and go? You know, and
1: how much more time efficient is it too? Oh, for sure. You know, you're not spending two hours prepping, right. two hours right. afterwards cleaning, and all this kind yeah. of stuff. It just it makes it a lot more user friendly, and you look at this stuff and you're like, I got two hours to fish tonight. Yeah, that's you're it. Not, you're not gonna go out and be like, okay, we'll we'll get the boat out, we'll, we'll set it up, it, and all that stuff. Yeah. You're fishing for, what, 15 minutes? Right, right. You know, yeah. you throw an inflatable paddleboard, the rover, a kayak, or something in the water, you're out there, and, you know, you're on the water in 15 minutes, and you're out there fishing for an hour and a half, <laughs> you know? And you it's talk, a lot more efficient, a lot more And efficient. you talk about, like, kids and stuff. Um, because these fishing kayaks have such larger capacities— it allows a lot of families to take their sons and their daughters and yeah. even I know multiple of my customers in the past that have their wives that sit in the back cockpit uh-huh. of the of the kayak. They put a little stadium seat or yeah, sure. a little chair or something, some padding the back behind. there. Yeah. And then they're able to take their kids or the family out on a single paddle craft instead of owning multiple and and just go out there and just enjoy stuff and right. spend some time together and be out on the water and get away from social media and gaming and all that kind of right. stuff and get out on Just the water. enjoy
0: the outdoors. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm all about on the show is the lifestyle. You know, it's lifestyle. It's about making things accessible, affordable, and all that other stuff for sure. So uh, thank you so much for uh, one last question. Do you ever caught a carp in a kayak? I did an article on that this year. Carp in
1: a kayak. Absolutely carp. I've caught a uh, drum on there. I really love game fish. And I consider uh, carp a game fish. I've always, grown up in Oklahoma, my whole family was all about catfish. Right. And we'd spend all night long out on the lake fishing for catfish. And I was praying that a carp would come by and pick up my bait. <laughs> I would rather catch a carp than a catfish right. because I've always enjoyed the fight. Yeah. And that's my
0: point. When I wrote about carp and a kayak, I always say they play the game to win. And uh, they fight you like they owe you, money, like you owe them money. I mean, that's the best <laughs> way I look at it. It's kind of like the Cape Buffalo in Africa. He looks at you like he owes you, uh, like you owe him money. It comes from an outdoor writer a long time ago on a book, and that's just kind of where I borrow that from. But I will argue, and I've said this before on the show, I will argue that a striper is not the hardest fighting freshwater fish. Uh, you get a big carp, and he's mad. And he's playing the game to win. I think he'll pull the rod out of your hands compared to a striper. I fought striper. Okay, I'm not saying that they're not a fish to be reckoned with, but I think a carp's even harder fighting. What do you think?
1: Car- I I would agree with that. Um, I know some guys that target carps specifically, yep, setting state, state records and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And man, the fights. You know, one thing, one of the coolest experiences when you're in a kayak is catching a fish large enough to pull you around we call it we call it a sleigh ride a sleigh
0: ride i love it (laughs) that's great so getting a large carp
1: on there you know they're pulling you all over the place they're they're a lot of fun Dictated by the fish
0: i love it that's a great analogy man that's perfect that's funny
1: but yeah they're as a as a game fighting fish you know a lot of people think they're trash fish and and I bowfish form off my patterns sure, and stuff, see, yeah. but being able to hook up with one of those, I I never get upset if I hook up with a carp. No, they fine. Um, you know, Our... I'm always. You know, I think I have some epic battle with a bass until it gets up, and then I'm like. That explains it. That's yeah. just a normal carp. That's that's a hard-hitting fish, though. That was my point there. So
0: You've been on with me for a while. I
1: don't want to take any more of your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show with me, man. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. I love enjoying the sport. I love finding other people that uh, really like getting out there and getting other people in the community and in the public to uh, to go out and try these new things and get out there, get out of their houses and get on the water and sure. enjoy what life's really, truly about. So, how can people find you, or do you want people to find you, or do you
0: have our audience to connect with you, or what do you think? I'll put your info in the show notes.
1: Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Facebook, and you can also find me on Instagram as The Kayak Doctor. Oh, gosh. Um, you,
0: you have branded yourself as that. You're not joking. That's great. The Kayak Doctor. So, uh, Is that yeah. Kayak DR or Kayak Doctor? Also uh, the full, full, spelt full spelt out,
1: The Kayak Doctor. I'm going to follow there. you. That's great. So, <laughs> I have, uh, you know, I've done customizations with kayaks and stuff on there, but, uh I'm, I'm on, on there constantly posting fishing trips and stuff like that. The redfish we caught last night, yeah. you know, I got that posted up on there, you know, make everybody back in Oklahoma and all these cold places. I just came from very jealous. They're stuck in their houses or out there fishing for a little 10, 11-inch bass, and we right. are down here just slaying the just redfish. Slaying the redfish. And we didn't slay them all that good or this week, but, I mean, we did pretty good
0: yesterday afternoon at least. So. You find that one good hole. Yeah, that one hole, and you just you stay on it, man. You power pull down and you stay on it. And the thing is, it was one of those things where I wasn't even popping the cork. I was just letting it, I was just watching that bobber watching that, that float on the, the popping cork, the cork. And when that thing would go down, I was just like, it's on, baby. I mean, it was, but they people,
1: were so finicky. They're yeah, like they counting were to five yeah. every it's single like you time. It's like throwing
0: finesse shrimp out there and stuff. So anyway, but no, it was great. Um, I just really appreciate it. And, and thank you for, you know, on behalf of, of Texas Fishing Game Magazine for hosting us this week in this event. And uh, I know you're with Frontier Marketing and Sales and Marketing and. Uh, you know, you guys do a lot of the retail side, but we really appreciate you guys.
1: So. Not a problem. Appreciate you uh, coming down here and spending some time. All right. Thanks again
0: and there he goes mr ryan jones you can find him i'll put a couple of ways you can connect with him on social media especially facebook um he's just got a lot of great content out there really cool guy next up is dave brown from okuma he is one of their senior marketing guys and uh, really had a good time to sit down with him for a little while and uh chew the fat and uh just talk about fishing and some of the okuma product line that they have here and here we go join me on the podcast mr dave brown hi there how you doing better than i deserve is my usual answer to that <laughs> so, Exactly. Uh, that's a that's a statement of grace but yeah i um wanted to have you on to kind of talk really briefly about you know or as long as you want to talk about akuma you represent akuma you work for them um and you have a lot of um a lot of experience with uh with all types of fishing and then obviously akuma makes spinning uh bait casting um as well as you know big game rods and reels and and all that kind of stuff that's
2: correct yeah i've been with okuma for 12 years we're based in southern california so at home we do a lot of saltwater fishing west coast saltwater fishing anyway right. so we do a lot of tuna and yellowtail out there on the west coast so some big hard fighting fish in fact if you're out there right now you have a legitimate shot at a 200 pound bluefin anytime you go out even on the short trips wow um, but as far as uh, okuma i'm uh, like i said i've been there for 12 years i'm one of the marketing managers and uh I uh, travel the country, do a lot of fishing, see a lot of different fishing styles and freshwater, saltwater, pretty much everywhere.
0: What's your favorite place to fish?
2: You know, I love Venice, Louisiana. Venice is awesome. <laughs> it doesn't uh, get much better it as does far as the it. action it's a, here. <laughs> it's a dream dream place to go. This week, it was, a, it was a little tough.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit of a Debbie Downer with the but weather. But.
2: Actually, I'm sitting here as we're talking. I'm staring out the window and actually seeing some blue sky and sunshine. That's uh, the first time this week. It's been chilly.
0: It's been chilly. It's been overcast. It's been wet. It's been cold. Yeah, I that's mean, for sure. Yeah, it's just been crazy. But, you know... I've said this often about, you know, the outdoor lifestyle is I brought, like, I, I know they were, had some foul weather gear here from Grundens, but I brought all of my foul weather gear from home. And this is one of those trips, Dave, where I used every stitch of my foul weather gear on the water. That's I for mean, sure. Every bit of it, because it was ridiculously cold and wet. And one of the days, the first first day, Tuesday, we went out, saw that the water was, you know, it's like, you know, I, you know, white caps all over the place, turned around and came back and I was like "Ooh, that was good but the next day we went out you know yesterday we went out and did, did a lot better but I, I needed every stitch to that you know it, it's just about having the right gear you know for your needs because you never know what kind of fishing it's going to be
2: having the right gear at the right time in yeah. fact uh, foul weather gear for us in Southern California is whether I wear the tank top or the t-shirt <laughs> so uh, luckily I brought some t-shirts but yeah
0: all that Grunin's gear came in gear that those new boots are awesome yeah those new boots from Grunin's. yeah we talked about that earlier and yeah um, so basically give us a rundown of the models that are that are new or that, that you want to feature that kind of stuff you gave us a rundown together as media the other night and i just like to kind of you know cover the bases real quick to educate people about what you've got
2: yeah certainly down in venice here you got so many varieties of fishing uh you can go out to the rigs you can go out chase tuna do a lot of this inshore redfish stuff so what right. we did this whole time was a, a lot of redfishing uh you know a lot of spinning gears and bait cast stuff what i brought along was our shadow stalker series of rods those are a nice inshore series spinning yep. and bait cast um you know, nice parabolic feel to it. We did a lot of pop and cork and those those were set up nicely and you know at a hundred dollar rod they're they're awesome for what we were doing and I paired those up with our Azores reel which is an all aluminum reel inshore corrosion resistant everything's bathed in corrosion x which uh, makes it awesome for that brackish water and even the offshore water um, you know those are great for what we were doing. We got a couple bulls mixed in but most of that fish were that that fun size stuff. The um, fun size, fun size fish. That's <laughs>
0: kind of like the fun size candy bars exactly. that we were eating. Yeah, exactly. They were the fun size. <laughs> the fun size. Well, eater size, I yeah. guess is the best. Eater part size, yeah, exactly. Eater size for sure. So. And that other stuff we were doing, you know, we didn't have a
2: lot of trout around, but I brought some of our new Ricky Red rods, which uh, those are fantastic little
0: rods for what we were doing out here. Those are sponsored by. That's our, those. Uh, so
2: Ricky, Ricky Red is from y'all, our,
0: spon- y'all sponsor him exactly. Yeah, Rick
2: say. Murphy. He's down in uh, Florida. Sure. He's got the Texas Insider Fishing Report as well. Um, but he designed those rods from top to bottom, 14 models, bait cast and spinning. And uh, you know, it's made for this market. They're hot. They're Golf Series rods. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. They're so, awesome.
0: And they're red. So They're, they're red. They stand generally. out. You can
2: see every little tip movement if you get a little bite on there. Uh, you know, we matched those up with our Epixer XT spinning reels, which is a graphite reel, nice and light. We did a yeah. little 30 size. You know, I think they had them spooled up with 30 pound
0: braid, and they were awesome. Yeah, it's it's just fantastic the um the 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 action it's smooth i mean i always joke around my hunting my hunting gear is in perfect shape my fishing gear looks like it has just been sure. beat to hell yeah. but um you know it's one of those things where your treasures where your heart is if you get a good rod and reel you know it should last you for a long time because and it should be you know uh, work for you and you guys make a lot of different reels and, and rods that are for different styles of fishing whether you're going offshore for big game or whether you're you're inshore for the redfish and stuff but the balance of your rods and reels you know the lightweight aluminum um the the smoothness and everything like that of the of the reel is just it was just incredible i was very impressed
2: we do we pride ourselves on gearing you know we came from a cnc background way back 25 years ago when they started coming into the into the united states here it's actually a taiwanese company and we do a lot of gearing for a lot of different companies. Which a lot of people don't know, but uh, you know, all of our big machined aluminum reels, like our Makaira offshore reels, they've been the pride of the West Coast. If you jump on any big sport boat right now, you're going to find a full range of Makaira's whacking giant fish. It's it's pretty
0: pretty fun time <laughs> to be there. And those are massive reels, man. Those are the big. Um, uh, what, what do you call the the, the like cast style? Big conventional, conventional, yeah. conventional yeah. reels, yeah. yeah. And for, for, you know, your big, big game, that's what you really want to use if you're going off of a sport fishing yacht or anything like that. Yeah, we use
2: something called a helical cut gearing, which is a real even mesh, so you don't have to have any kind of clicking when you retrieve. So you're not hiding anything. It's a silent retrieve on those things. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. But we make them all the way from a little 10 size, which is nice and compact, about your fist size, all the way up to a 130, which the guys up in Prince Edward Island are catching those
0: 1,000-pound bluefin off of. (laughs) <laughs> it's uh,
2: yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> so you know, uh, if you watch Wiggatune or Deadliest Catcher or any of that stuff, I mean, the the main thing that I take away from those shows is you have to have gear that works under the you know severe conditions, but at the same time, gear that performs well no matter if it's a hard hitter or Correct. a or a you know or a midget. You know, yeah, that's so. exactly
2: it. Like on the West Coast, we have that long range market, which you'll see those guys that are doing those 16 day trips, and they're down deep, deep in Mexico. 16 days. 16 days. Yeah, and they're. they're they're chasing giant yellowfin tuna and these sport boats they're using okuma gear now as most of their rental gear and at the end of the season they're just bringing us back milk crates of reels and just saying hey check these out go through them so we'll go through and we'll clean up the drag you know give them nice fresh drags for the season right there's boat rash all over these things and they've been scratched up because they're rental gear but inside it's just like opening up right out of the box
0: clean oh, cool real smooth because it's because it's sealed and it's, it's all sealed it's...
2: and tight and these these boats are switching over, and they're they're digging them.
0: The one thing that I I make a big deal about in the outdoors is is buying something once for durability and not having to buy it three years later or two years later or whatever. A good rod and reel should last you you know the course of a long time. You know for sure,
2: yeah. And of course, that's how you maintain it and take care of it. Sure, if you're out, sure. If you're taking a graphite reel and you're out saltwater fishing for big redfish. You know, just take that thing off and rinse it off. You don't have to open it up. You don't have to repack it with grease. You don't have to do anything else to it. But just give it a nice light rinse. Don't hit it with WD-40, which is going to, you know, eat all the grease out of that yeah, thing. But that's
0: a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, just keep
2: it clean. You know, a little. you don't even have to use soapy water. But a lot of guys like to dip it real quick or just, fresh just rinse water, it off. Obviously. That's yeah. it, yeah. Just yeah. fresh water. Keep it clean.
0: And that thing should uh, last you quite a while. No, that's good to know. And I mean, I always try to say, you know, to, to buy the best gear you can afford when it comes to some of this stuff, but you guys have some great price points across the board and you have, you know, reels that match your rods and rods that match your reels. Um, but the spinning reels, I was really impressed with, you know, not just how smooth they are and everything like that, but just the, the, the fit and finish of them overall, which is something I talk about when I ride a lot is, is the, um. The way that you know the way that the gearing ratio and everything like that is is just fantastic.
2: It's uh you know it's we gotta pack a lot of technology into those little reels. Like if you're looking at our Inspira, the uh, ISX reels that we had out here the other day, they uh, feature a few different key te- technological points there. And you got like the torsion control armor, which is uh, it's a little forked piece that goes all the way around the body. So what that does is that prevents any kind of torsion within the reel, so you're not gonna get any twisting. Um, well, all of those good. are, it's pretty awesome. They're all injected with our C40X process, which is a long-strain graphite fiber. So it's 50% stronger and 25% lighter than our regular graphite process. And then on a rotor, we use our uh, uh, cyclonic flow rotor. What that does is if you look at that design, it's a real sleek design on the rotor. But as you turn the reel, it actually sucks the water out of the spool. So if you're fishing, <laughs> like we were this whole week fishing in the rain, you know, everything gets wet and damp. And every time you spin that reel, you're actually sucking the moisture out of there. Your water come whipping. <laughs> that's out. It's, brilliant. It's man. really awesome. <laughs> it makes it really a lot of is. sense for
0: like harsh, foul weather conditions. Yeah, you for know, sure. To suck that water out of there and keep things dry and clean. In those
2: coastal markets, you know, out here we're doing a lot of kayaking, paddleboarding as well. We do it on the west coast, so you're, you know, if you're paddling, you're four or five inches off of the water, and that reel's getting moist all day. But every time you spin that, you're,
0: you're sucking the moisture out. It's great. God, yeah, that's great so uh, anything else you'd like to add i'm gonna let you uh you know you go from there I yeah mean- we're
2: excited to be down here i mean this is just a you know the whole Gulf market. We've been up and down and around. Florida's a key market for us. Louisiana,
0: are, Texas. Right, you're moving more into what did you call it? The Telo state. The Telo state. Telo right. state. Texas, Talo. Arkansas, Talo. Louisiana, Oklahoma. <laughs> all right, folks. I've never heard Telo being called before, but that that's four state you know right. region, I guess. Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma. That y'all are moving back into with 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 the, the, the passions. So. That's
2: it. Yeah, we uh, we love it down here. We do a lot of the bass tournaments all through eastern Texas into Louisiana. Uh, but uh, you know, getting down here along the coast, like we said, Venice is our passion. This is tough fishing. We do a lot of our product testing down here with a lot of the boats, and it's fun. I'm excited to be here.
0: That's great. And uh, so you're off the coast of California, correct? Okay, good deal. That's where you live. And what kind of fish do you all mainly go
2: after there? Uh, you know, we've got everything. So if you're if you're on the freshwater side, you're usually chasing largemouth bass. And right. On the west coast, we're known for throwing giant swim baits, huddle the big sure. depths, slide swimmers. You know, we're throwing up to one pound baits with for these big largemouth bass and you got a legitimate shot at a 10 pounder every time you head out Golly, we've got some wow. striped bass uh striped bass lakes as well where you're going to go throw some of those big top water baits and then you get into the salt water you have everything from inshore bass fishing which is our spotted bay bass calico bass you run out to the islands you can do yellowtail bluefin yellowfin tuna it's uh
0: it's a pretty wow. magical place that's great so i just like to see how the rest of the world fishes you know some of the time so that's i mean there's a lot of diversity we have in texas and obviously here in louisiana and you know it's just one of those things that i like to explore and at least lighten and educate people with what else is out there but i mean I can't say it enough, having good gear is important, and having gear that's going to, like for instance, what I'm catching, these weren't rat reds, but these were these were smaller, you know, eater size redfish, but those things play the game to win when it comes to, to fighting do. you, and it was taking the drag out, the drag wasn't too loose, it wasn't too, I mean, it was a smooth transition, I was able to land those fish really easily, and I thought your gear was great. Yeah, once so. you get dialed in, you're, you're set there. No, that's good, that's really good. Well, Well, anything else to add, uh, sir?
2: Nothing I could think of. I mean, if you guys are interested in some Okuma, you know, come check out the website. Yes, I was going to
0: get your contact. uh, Yeah, for
2: sure. www.okumafishingusa.com, and that's got uh, all the products. Rods, reels, clothing, bags—we got all kinds of fun stuff
0: over there. It's fun to say the word Okuma too. You know, it's just <laughs> uh, I'm Sorry, but uh, any way to connect with you on social? You on any of the platforms at all? Uh,
2: I am. You can actually go to daviesworld.com. That's my personal website. I oh, got cool. my blog. I got videos. I got uh, you know the YouTube page. Of course, you know for Okuma as well. Head out to uh, Okuma fishing. Uh, you'll see all of our links on there as well on our website, and that's got the Instagram, the Twitter, we got it all. We're all
0: out there. DaviesWorld.com.
2: DaviesWorld.com.
0: Should I have called you Davy when we sit <laughs> down here? No. Depends where you're at in the world. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so it, it, it's kind of like Dustin'sProjects.com, which is my website. Sure, it's kind sure. of the hub of all that you do in exactly. the outdoors, including what you do for the you know for the company. So anyway, that's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Of course, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, and there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Brown. Awesome, awesome, awesome guest on the podcast. Love having all these guys. And really, the weather was such, um, you know, I, I don't want to say foul, but it was definitely not pretty outside uh, at this event. You know, we really had time to sit around the round table and do these podcasts. And that's what I love about this show is it's kind of free form. It's kind of loose and and wild and, and you know, flies close to the ground and, and does so many things. To, uh, to just basically educate you and just help you be a better outdoorsman and outdoorswoman. That's really what I'm about in these podcasts is really educating you and just helping you see some of the things that I see and benefit from some of the things that I benefit from as an outdoor writer and videographer and speaker, blogger, podcaster and all those other things that I do in the industry, um, you know, personally and professionally with Texas Fishing Game. I, I really just want you to see things that I see and use things that I use and things that have helped make me successful in the outdoor field. That's why they call me the the outdoor success guy, I guess, Um, but, you know, it's just just about helping you be a better outdoorsman with some of the products and services that these companies offer, and that's what I really try to do on this show. So I hope you guys, um, you know, take notice of that, and uh, we'll use these things to help you be a better angler, Uh, and it doesn't really matter, especially with fishing. I wanted to definitely say this before the show was out. Um, You know, hunting is getting to be ridiculously expensive in a lot of places, especially here in Texas. And the one thing about fishing is that, you know, it's a lot more accessible. It's a lot easier. And I know some of you guys listen to this show, don't hunt and you only fish just because it's cost prohibitive to do both. Or um, like my dad said back when I was a young child, uh, he would always say, well, you know, he took up bass fishing hardcore on the circuits and stuff like that, that he used to run the McDonald's circuits, the Home Depot circuits, all the different circuits, tournament circuits that were going on back in the day in the local area of uh, southeast, or south, uh, south Central Texas. He, um... You know, he said I could fish all year. You know, and Texas is well mild enough, uh, uh, mild enough climate that um, you know I could fish all year. I could only hunt four months of the year. You know. And of course, you can go invest in a boat and spend a lot of money on that, and electronics and and all the different graphs and uh, upgrades and everything that you can make to your boating gear and that kind of stuff. But really, fishing's simple. And uh, you know, fishing's affordable, it's accessible to most people, it's uh, available to most people anywhere in the world, really, anywhere in the nation, uh, our nation for sure, the United States, uh, because you can find a lake nearby a lot of times unless you're in the middle of the desert. but even there, I mean, uh, you, you've got some opportunities to uh, to go fishing in, in re- rivers and creeks and ponds and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, that's what I'm all about with this podcast. And I, you guys know this if you listen to the show for any length of time. I'm about making the outdoors accessible and making you successful in the outdoors and trying to go forth with... The best knowledge and the best tools, the best tackle, the best equipment, and the nice thing about what we have now and i don't know know—I've said this on the show a bunch. Uh, We—it's all good, you know. It's all good. It's not. There's a lot of a lot of crap has been weeded out over the years. If you'll excuse my language. Um, you know, a lot of the garbage is just gone. And so what's left are companies that are competing for your dollar, they're competing for your business and they're going to come up with a higher quality product. They're going to come up with a better, you know, uh, uh, more efficient and effective way for you to get out on the water at a lower price because of competition. And that's a beautiful thing about what goes on in the outdoor industry, even though it's fierce and there's a lot of different people that are trying to be playing this space. you know, it really is something that, uh, that that I take notice of, that I think is interesting, because we are in the golden age of fishing. We are in the golden age of angling. We're in the golden age of bo- boating, uh, personal boating, like we talked about on this show. I mean, incredible. The one thing that uh, Ryan and I did not talk about is round boats. There's two companies that come to mind for that. One of them has been a sponsor at FishGame.com. That's Roundabout Watercraft. They make these circular boats that you can just roll onto the water, and um, you know they're very, very stable. And the other ones running in our magazine before a couple of times. Ultra Skiff, they're based right here in Texas, and I think that uh, Roundabouts based in Florida. And uh, both just, uh, I think they're both fierce competitors with each other. But I mean, both have fantastic personal watercraft options uh, that are round, that aren't your traditional kayak, and aren't your traditional sup board or paddle board, whatever the case may be uh they are specifically designed to um basically you know do do what you need to do in the outdoors to get out there and get on the water and they glide pretty well across the water you may think how does a circular boat do very well aerodynamically on the water you'd be impressed i've seen one of these in action up, up close and in person so Anyway, just wanted to mention those two companies as other personal watercraft options before I ended this show. And thank you guys so much. If you've not done so already, I know some of you guys is your first time listening to the podcast, and if you can get past this crazy guy on a microphone that talks a million miles an hour, um, I love you guys all. I really do. The show is for you. So if you've not done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. You get a new show every two weeks. I've already got an editorial calendar planned out for the year for the most part. I've got a little bit of deviation probably off of that that Chester put together, but Um, I really, uh, I'm really just, just excited about the year, man. This is a new year. This is all kinds of new, new content coming your way and a new guests on the show too is my plan. And, um, also I just wanted to bring to your attention our newsletter, which comes out three times a week, tactical, practical Tuesday, wildlife Wednesday, and the Thursday, Texas state of the outdoor nation newsletter. Uh, All three of those are free. They come every single week. We we took one little break around Christmas, Christmas week. Uh, That's why we didn't have a new podcast for that week. And then, um, and then you know we're back at it with the new year. So new content, fresh stuff, and those newsletters. They all, most of the stories, all go end up at fishgame.com, which is our website and blog. Uh, You can go check that out. You can sign up for the newsletter at fishgame.com. You can also search for all my articles, all of Chester's articles, all of the articles that are written by any of the outdoor writers that are on fishgame.com. just under the uh under the blog section and also just by the search bar it's on the right hand side or scroll all the way down to the bottom if you're on mobile um or right hand side if you're on desktop and um really just great stuff i mean just good content I- i've written a lot of stuff i'm writing a lot of stuff now as i'm recording this uh, new products that i've reviewed on my youtube channel to kind of bring you some uh with links so you can go buy the stuff if you want to um, just, just some new ideas and, and products and stuff that I've been testing out and playing with and, uh, and having a lot of fun with hunting and fishing and, uh, camping and, and, survival tools and tactical stuff and all kinds of fun stuff like that. So anyway, stay tuned to fishgame.com for that. Check out the newsletters for some of my stories and, uh, Chester puts together a great newsletter every three times a week and, um, really, really appreciate you guys watching, reading and listening. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.